Well, good morning, Nexters. How's everybody feeling today? Happy Labor Day weekend to you all. And I want to be the first to welcome you here today. Thank you for coming. Glad to see you. And we're just going to have a good time here at Grace Church. Uh, we'll start this morning with a good time here and next, and then we're going to go next door and have a great service. Amen? As you probably noticed, I'm not Brother Jason Cooper, and the Cooper family is taking some time off this weekend, taking advantage of the long holiday, taking some rest and recuperation, and it occurred to me they're probably right now putting the Cooper back in recuperation. So we hope that they have a great time and, and come back refreshed and re recuperated. Today we have a very, very special speaker. I'm so excited that my friend Kelton Nose is going to be sharing the word with us today. And Kelton and I go back a long, long, long way. We have so many wonderful memories. And I will tell you this, some of the longest and hardest laughter I have ever experienced has been in the company of Kelton knows he is one of the funniest guys that I know if you're around Kelton very long at all you're gonna laugh and you're gonna have a good time and we've we've got so many memories Kelton on and off the campgrounds um, just we could go right down the line but we're at an age now I guess you could say middle age that doesn't even seem right but we're at an age now where we've had enough years that have accumulated and we can look back and there's been a lot of our friends and a lot of guys and, and, and ladies that we've known that have fallen off the, the wagon, so to speak, up to this point. They're not, they're not serving God today. They're not living in the truth that was taught to all of us when we were younger. But that's one of the things I'm so thankful about with Kelton is I've watched his life over these years and, and seen him. And he's been stalwart, strong, made up his mind a long time to live for God, and when Kelton makes up his mind, that's it. That's, that's what's going to happen. And so he's, he's been a very strong, positive example of, of a man of God, someone living for God and serving God with all of his heart. And he told me here just, just recently, not too long ago, he said, I've really, he said, Dave, God is leading me back to, to doing, to where I'm all in on soul winning again. And, and Kelton, he built that youth group in Baker, as I've told you before. He, we, that gr youth group went up to 15, 20 kids, and all of them, all of them, Kelton brought and saw to it that they got filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And he said, God has just been dealing with him about that. And I believe, Kelton, that's one of your giftings and callings. He's in a tremendous soul winner. And then last, he is a tremendous teacher. Over the years, he's developed his gift of teaching. And the times that I've been in class and heard him teach, he's done a tremendous job. And I know today will be no exception. I'm looking forward to what God is going to share with us through Kelton, through the vessel that he's chosen this morning. So Kelton, come on, share the word with us, share what God's given you today. Let's make him welcome today. Kelton knows my friend, going to share the word with next today. God bless you, brother. Praise God, everybody. How y'all feeling this morning? It's nice outside, right? Um, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate everything you had to say. Yeah, go ahead. Play that for a second. Um, that's good. I appreciate it. God's placed something on my heart. He's been dealing with me now for probably the better of, I don't know, probably a three months or so, Jason came to me a few months back and said, hey, we'd like for you to speak to next, share something that God's placed on your heart. And it was perfect timing for me. 
Um, and all, of, all the while, I had no idea when he was going to ask me to, to speak. He gave me a date, and I said, okay. And so I got to praying about it, and, you know, God, really speak to me. You know, give me something to share. I, you know, I have an idea of what it is you want me to say, but give me the details. Give me the weeds. Give me all of that, because I want it to make sense. I want it to resonate. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. And you know how God works sometimes. If you're praying for him to give you a word and give you a lesson, oftentimes he's going to give you something that you need, right? So as good as God is, that's what he did. He slapped me in the face and he said, okay, this is what I need you to share. So it's probably more for me than it is for anybody else, but that's okay, all right? So just bear with me this morning. I've got a lot to share. I've got four pages or so of notes that I'm going to kind of push through and kind of about halfway through, and I'm going to watch the time, but I'm going to share my story with you. That's kind of what God wants me to do, and it's probably not going to be that easy for me. I'll be honest, um, and there's probably going to be times where I might get a little shaken up, a little emotional, all right, but just just... Be patient with me, bear with me, and I do hope that as much as I know it is for me to hear and for me to share, I really hope it, it helps somebody in here today as well, okay? Um, so without further ado, let me get into what I have to say. Before I do that real quick, let me back up. I want to say thank you because I know Jason's probably going to play this back and listen to it on the podcast and I just want to give a special thanks to Jason. Isn't he awesome? Doesn't he do a great job? Well, let's give him a hand. He does a fantastic job. I mean, the hours and, and dedication, he, he, you know, he, preparation and all for his lessons each and every week, week in and week out. It's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, and he does a fantastic job. God uses him mightily. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Jason and what he does for this group. Uh, and just to kind of piggyback off of what Dave said, we do have a lot of history, a whole lot of history. Dave has been, you know, he, he said I was a stalwart example, but Dave, you, you have no idea uh, how much you mean to me. You know, I've looked up to you. I think you're just a little more than or a little less than a year older than I, but I've always looked up to Dave in more than one way. So I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot to me. Um, Others in here, Steve Bunch, Casey, I mean, I can go on and on. I've, on, uh, I've known so many of you for so long. Brian Tier, he and I were talking before class. If y'all don't know me and Brian Tier, years ago in our early teenage life, we worked together. It used to be Central Cafe off of uh, Hooper Road in Central. It's gone through so many businesses now. I think it's Central Donut or whatever it may be. Um, but we work together. So I got a lot of history with folks in here. And that doesn't make getting in front of y'all and teaching easy. Let me just say that, okay? Um, but I'm looking forward to it. So let me get into what I want to share with you today. Um, and thank you, Media Booth, as well. Definitely want to thank those guys. I gave them a lot of information uh, for my lesson this morning. Uh, in preparation with the slides and all that I'm going to share with you. So thank you all for y'all's hard work and, and helping me with that. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here today, and it is a humbling experience to stand before y'all. Uh, but we've heard some great teaching over the last several weeks on divine direction, okay? 
God's will of direction, um, the story our lives will tell, all those different things we've heard. And again, Jason came to me a few months ago, and I had no idea this was the vein that he was going to be in. But it's funny how God works. And I'm going to share with you today uh, something that, I, again, I really hope resonates and, and makes a difference and helps someone today. I'm going to share my heart with you. Let me just say, teaching, everyone has a different approach. Everyone has a different teaching style. Our personalities play a role in that, okay? Um, mine's a little bit different, okay? And you'll probably see that this morning. Um, but I hope it's something that you appreciate because it's nice to have a change of pace, right? It's nice, and I know Jason needs a break. We all need a break from time to time. So, again, bear with me. I'm going to push through this today. Let me start with my, with my uh, scripture text for this morning, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 26 through 27. And it simply says, mark out a straight path for your feet, stay on the safe path, don't get sidetracked, keep your feet from following evil. All right, keep your feet from following evil. Make a straight path for your feet, stay on the safe path, don't get sidetracked, and keep your feet from following evil. The thought that I believe God gave me, gave us for today is what I'm going to give my title, and it's simply choose your shoes, okay? Choose your shoes. And I know you think about that and you say, well, the scripture text we just read, it's, it's addressing feet, right? Not so much shoes. I understand that. Just bear with me. Just hang on a minute. Let me ask this question. Is there anybody in here this morning that likes feet? Raise your hand. Who likes feet? Anybody? Some of you lying, you just don't want to raise your hand. How about this? Who likes your feet? Right? Do you like your own feet? Or do you just totally despise and hate the feet God gave you? You have crooked toes. I mean, right? Do you like your feet? Do you think you just get some crazy looks out there? All right? Feet are important, though, are they not? They're a pretty important part of the body, right? We need them. Feet are important. So think about this, and I'm going to talk about feet for a minute, talk, or rather, rather this, who likes shoes? Anybody here? Yeah, every woman in this place should raise their hand, okay? Um, you like to wear shoes, right? You like to wear something comfortable. Sometimes women, it's not all about comfort. I've learned that. They just like a nice pair of shoes. Um, who likes to go shopping for shoes? Any shoe shoppers in here? Just about every woman raises her hand. Okay. Um, show this clip. I'm going to show you this video clip. Some of you may remember this. It's from the early 90s. It's a shoe commercial. Go ahead and show that, Nate, if you can. Pull that up.
shoes were a big deal. At that time, thank you, Aaron. At that time, shoes were a really big deal. They had probably more commercials on tennis shoes and sneakers than probably anything else they had a commercial for at that time. Shoes were a really, really big deal. Um, those of you that don't remember that was probably because you didn't have a TV, you just had a monitor and you couldn't see commercials, right? <laughs> right? Y'all are the real Christians, right? Y'all just, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop meddling. Um, but this was all long before Google, right, cell phones, all that business that we have today. Um, I think we can all agree, it's pretty safe that everybody in here can agree that a good, bear, a good pair of shoes, rather, excuse me, a good pair of shoes, they're a big deal. All right, a good pair of shoes are a big deal. Um, we get called in what's, what's popular, you know, designer shoes, you know, the in for shoes, you know, what everybody's wearing, the latest and greatest. Um, but shoes help us stand out, all right? And they tell everyone something. They tell everyone around us, they, hey, this person has style. This person's going places. As a matter of fact, did you know the number one article of clothing that people notice first on a person is their shoes? That stands out more than anything that we wear to people, all right? Let me tell you a little story real quick about myself. Um, I, was, I think I was about 14. Reebok pumps came out, and they were the latest and greatest. And you pumped those bad boys up. The commercials made you think they were going to make you jump higher, run faster, all that jazz. So, man, I had to get me a pair of them. I'm a white boy. I couldn't jump high, so I figured, hey, that might help me get somewhere. So, I was working at a gas station at the time, so I saved up all my pennies, and I got me a pair of Reebok pumps. Man, I thought I had it going on. I was the man, all right? And I wanted to wear them things everywhere I went. I mean, you name it. If I was going to a funeral, I had my pumps on, okay? I probably would have worn them to church had they looked a little bit better in a suit, all right? But I wore them things everywhere that I went, and they gave me confidence, as crazy as that might sound. They made me feel confident. And if we're honest with ourselves, a good, nice pair of shoes, they give us that extra pep in our step. They make us feel confident, all right? Did you know that the average American man, not woman, but the average American man owns anywhere from 10 to 12 pairs of shoes, and a woman owns anywhere from 27 to 30 pairs of shoes? How many of you have more than 30 pairs of shoes? Praise the Lord. Appreciate your honesty. Pull up the, the, the slide, Nate, about the sneaker brands. And again, this was the 90s. In the 90s, this was the medium shoe price or the average price for each pair of those brand name shoes. Okay. Now, they've gone up a little bit more as far as the average price today. But that's what we looked at back then when we wanted to get us a nice pair of tennis shoes. I thought that was pretty interesting. Let me give you a few funny quotes about shoes. And it's, uh, this came from Chris Rock. Anybody knows who Chris Rock is? Chris Rock says, women need food, water, and compliments. That's right. And an occasional pair of shoes. One guy, Stephen Wright, said, I was sad because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. So I said to myself, hey, man, you got any shoes you're not using? <laughs> uh, and this is from an anonymous person. If someone tells you that you have enough shoes, stop talking to them. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. All right? 
40% of women have hurled footwear at a man. The other 60% would never disrespect their shoes like that. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm having a little fun this morning, but we get the idea. Shoes are important. Shoes actually serve us in a number of ways. Number one, they help us in clothing our bodies. They help us get where we're going. They shield and protect our feet. They provide comfort to our feet. There's a number of reasons we have shoes. Here's some serious quotes. Listen to these about shoes. Some of you may recognize this one. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the guy who will decide where to go. I know what that's from. Anybody like Dr. Seuss? I saw some heads up and down. A shoe is not only a design, but it's a part of your body language. The way you walk, the way you're going to move, is quite dictated by your shoes. Another writer said this, it doesn't matter how great your shoes are if you never accomplish anything in them. So ask yourself this question, and I know I'm moving through this pretty quickly, but ask yourself this, all right? Where am I going? Where am I headed? Think about where you've been, and have you ever course-corrected if you got off God's path for your life? We know, and I say that because we know life is a journey, and Scripture tells us, all right, that we have to prepare our feet to stay on God's path that he's chosen each and every one of us, because God has given each of us a path through this life. We're also told not to get sidetracked or to follow evil, and I read that earlier in our scripture text. Apostle Paul actually tells us in Ephesians, all right, he gives us some insight on how we are to prepare our feet for our life journey, and he's talking about the whole armor of God. I know we all know that. We were taught that growing up. And how we are to equip ourselves with the necessary garments that help us combat the world, spiritual warfare, and the flesh. And it says this in the book of Ephesians. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So he specifically talks about shoes in that scripture setting. Shoes here are basically being described as peace for our life that comes from the word of God and following God's plan for our lives. Our shoes can serve us as spiritual protection in navigating through our lives. The question we need to ask ourselves, however, are we choosing to allow the spirit of God or our spiritual shoes, so to speak, guide us and seek after God's will and direction, or do we choose to put on shoes that follow the leading and direction of the flesh or the world? when we're walking that journey called life. So what shoes am I? What shoes are you wearing today? And where are we going? All right, so just think about that. If you can pull up that next slide. It says this, life is a journey with many ups and downs, good and bad decisions, big rocks to climb, little ones to trip over, and milestones to mark where we have been. Excuse me. Next slide says, life is one step at a time, placing one foot in front of the other and always never stopping. So life 
and our journey through it, our journey through this life. It's not easy. God never promised it would be, right? There's going to be things that we're going to be faced, but I can promise you this. No matter what you're facing today or what you may face tomorrow in your walk through this life, as long as you're walking through this life with God, nothing's impossible, all right? Nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard. However, we have to guard ourselves, all right? God's not going to do this part for us. This is all me. This is all you. We have to guard ourselves, our hearts, and our minds, all right, and our footing each step of the way through the process, through our life's journey. There's going to be difficult and uneven terrain, all right, difficult paths sometimes to traverse, all right, to get what God has in store for us. Difficult decisions have to be made along the way. We're going to encounter roadblocks, dead ends, moments when we feel like quitting and giving up. There's going to be moments in our journey, <coughs> excuse me, there's going to be moments in our journey when our path is shaky or slippery and our footing isn't sure and we fall. But in those times, in those moments, do we choose to let those... Man, I need some water. <clears throat> My throat is really dry. If somebody could help me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Troy. In those moments when our path is shaky or slippery, our footing, our footing isn't sure and we fall, do we let those moments define us? Because that's easy to do. Just quit, give up. Say, I'm done, can't do this anymore. This journey is too difficult. This road God's given me is too difficult. Do we let it define us or do we get back up, shake off the dust, the mud, and continue on the path he's laid before us? Psalms 119 says this. Because the road sometimes ahead of us is dark, all right? And it's, it's difficult to see our way through, but Scripture tells us in Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So we may reach a, a fork in the road or a crossroad in life, and it may seem the right direction is too difficult because Satan has a way of doing that. The enemy has a way of making us think the right path is wrong, right? And it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this is the road I should travel. It just doesn't feel right. It can't be the right path. The enemy has a way of telling us that. But Paul tells the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord. We know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his way in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Psalms 25 says, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the word for you are the God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you. So if we put our faith and trust in God, not, not faith in self and faith in what I think is right and, and, and this feels good and this path looks easy, and, but put our faith in God, our faith and trust in God, he will show us which path to take. Sin and flesh oftentimes will trick us into thinking the wrong path is right. We must not rely on our own carnal way of thinking because it always leads to destruction. It always does. In the end, some point or another, it's going to catch up with us, and it's going to lead to our demise and our failure and whatever it is that we're facing. 
We must let God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, be our God. So which shoes do you choose today? The shoes that follow up to the gifts of the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and, and letting the Spirit guide us? Or do you, do, you, do you choose to wear shoes that's going to allow your carnality, your flesh, to lead and take you down a path? The road to an eternity with God is going to be difficult. There's problems. We will suffer loss, deal with heartache, face adversity. But there's somebody in the Scripture that we're, that we're very familiar with that faced more adversity than anyone, all right? And we read in the book of Job 23 and 11, this is what Job said with all that he was dealing with in his life, all that he was facing, this is what he said. For I have stayed on God's paths, I have followed his ways, and have not turned aside. So it's clear, all right, which shoes Job chose through his life's journey and who he leaned on to be his God all the way. If we don't choose to adorn ourselves with righteous shoes and follow the Spirit, then we end up lost and wandering aimlessly through this life with no, excuse me, with no real direction. If we try to walk the road trusting our flesh or following after the world, God will not direct our steps. We can't navigate this thing called life without God and his divine direction if ultimately we want to make it to heaven. We can't do it alone. Psalms 37, 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. So does he direct everyone's steps? Whose steps does he direct? The godly. So that means people that have a heart for God and are living for God. All right, he's not going to direct our steps if we're following after the flesh. All right, so keep that in mind. Also says he delights in every detail of our lives. Psalms 119 says, God my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. If we're not seeking after God, we're not in his word every day. We're not praying. We're not communing with God on a regular, on a daily basis. We're going to get off track. We're going to get off the, the, the path he set before us, all right? 1 Kings eleven thirty eight says, If you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right, and if you obey my decrees and demands, commands as my servant David did, then I will always be with you. Dwight L. Moody, a famous American evangelist, said this, If I walk with the world, I cannot walk with God. It is impossible. Henry Ford, we all know who that is. He says, those who walk with God always reach their destination. And an unknown writer says, a man or a woman who walks with God is always moving in the right direction. So let me jump into this really quick. I've got about 15 minutes. I'm going to share with you my story, and there's going to be a lot that I'm going to leave out just for the sake of time. But you'll, you'll, you'll get the idea. You'll get the point. And, and, and what that is, I want everyone to understand that sometimes, and you can probably relate, sometimes people, the people that we rub, you know, rub shoulders with, we go to church with, we work with, oftentimes they see us from the outside and they look, and Brian and I were talking about this earlier, they may see, man, everything is going just right in Kelton's life, man. He, he's doing great things. Things are good, man. His relationship, his marriage, his children, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. You know, sometimes we wear that mask. We put on that facade because we don't really want people to know what's going on at home all the time, do we? Let's just be honest, all right? We all have issues. We all have struggles. And I had a lot of those through the years. Um, if you can bring up the first slide, Nate. This is my early years. Um, I'm the young little guy in the black t-shirt, 
with the I don't know what kind of hairstyle that is, but I guess my mom and dad liked it. They thought it was the end thing. Um, that's me and my brothers, my parents. For those of you who don't know, just real quick, my parents were in church uh, when me and my brothers were a very young age. Um, they got out of church when I was nine years old, um, and they were out of church 25 years, as a matter of fact. Um, they just recently got back in church, rededicated themselves to God about six years ago. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but they go to the Denim Church. They're doing great things. But back then, they were in church, like I said, until I was nine. They instilled in us Christian morals, Christian values. They were very dedicated to church. I actually helped build a church. Um, my dad taught Bible studies at Angola on a weekly basis. Incredible Bible study teacher. Phenomenal job. Uh, my mom was a worship leader, singer in church, and all that good stuff. So my brothers and I, we grew up in that kind of a home. That's, that's what we knew. Um, they got out of church. Some things happened. They got out of church, uh, but still always held on to those Christian values and still those into me and my brothers. And for, I'm forever thankful and grateful for that. Um, at about, in the next photo there, the, the one to the right, I believe I am 15 years old in that photo. Uh, that was the time that I started going back to church. Uh, I had a dream one night, felt like God was telling me he had something for me. It was time for me to go to church. And at that age, my parents weren't in church. Like I said, there was no way for me to get to church. I didn't have a license. I couldn't drive. Um, but I had grandparents. Um, some of you may know them. They were going to the first church years ago, Brother Young's. Um, Bobby and Yvonne Nose, they used to sell tamales on a regular basis. But that was my wheels. That was my way to get to church. So I would go to church with them. I went there. I want to say I went to Brother Young's uh, for probably a year and a half. Anybody remember Brother and Sister Pace? That was my teachers way back in the day. Um, so that was the early beginnings as far as church for me that I could really remember, you know. Um, enjoyed it. Was going to church, like I said, with my grandparents. Not long after uh, my grandparents, they were living in Baker at the time. And not long after that, they, started, they found a, a little church in Baker, all right, off of Groom Road. And you can go to the next slide. And it happened to be pastored by Brother Sister Murphy. They had just taken over. They hadn't been there at the church very long. And that was my initial, my initial contact with that family. And I'm going to tell you that this family right here has probably meant more to me than any family on the face of this earth. Brother and Sister Murphy, Casey Marcus, I mean, just phenomenal people. Uh, started going there on a regular basis. Needless to say, then I'm getting my license, okay, just a few years later and started driving on my own and would bring my brothers to church. And as David said, I just, just something lit up inside of me and I just, I couldn't stop sharing the gospel enough, you know, and started bringing people to church. God was really dealing with me at that time of my life and great things were happening. Dave and I actually, uh, Dave and I were the first co-youth leaders of Grace Church way back when. Oh, I said, Lamar, I really feel old now. But uh, just an awesome, awesome time. Some of the best memories of my life. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Uh, yeah, that's my graduation. Well, that's a sharp-looking dude, ain't it? 
Well, I've come a long way since then. God bless my heart. Um, but yeah, life started happening. You know, I graduated. I went to Central High, go Wildcats. Uh, I met a young lady uh, through a mutual friend of ours. I met her at a youth rally, actually, at that we were holding, actually, at, at the Baker Church. And uh, we hit it off. One thing led to another. Uh, we got serious, started dating. So a lot of you in here know uh, Sister Sharla. She goes to the Denham Church, leads the choir now. Um, but everything was happening, man. I was, I was doing it, man. I was living big, dreaming big, and all that good stuff. I can actually remember... <laughs> Going to Brother and Sister Murphy, we were talking about, Charlotte and I were talking about getting married, and I went to Sister Murphy, I can remember this distinctly, and I asked her, I said, uh, how do you feel about me getting married? And she said, you sure? You want to get married? You're kind of young. I was, I, I was 19 when we married, and uh, she said, you might want to wait a little while. Date this girl for a while, get to know her, you know said no I'm ready so you know at that age you know everything right you think you got all the answers so needless to say Charlotte and I got married uh we back move backtrack just before we married I actually enlisted joined the army and that was my basic training photo on the top boy I look like I'm about 13 years old there that's crazy um but I enlisted in the Army, something I always wanted to do, even as a young kid. I love the Army commercials, be all you can be. And my parents knew I was going to join, and I did when I was of age. I joined. Uh, this is when Charlotte and I were dating. So I left for boot camp, and that's a, a uh, military police academy photo on the bottom because I went to my boot camp. Then, then I went to the military police academy because I became a military police officer. Um, right after I got through with all my training, came back. About six months after that, Charlotte and I married. So it was very rushed. It was very quick. Uh, and there's, our, there's our photo. Uh, at that time, we had started going to Brother Martin's church, which was the voice of Pentecost. Uh, he married us. And I'm going to tell you, that was another time, and, and I've shared this with Brother and Sister Murphy. When I left Grace Church to go to the voice of Pentecost, that was hard for me. That was extremely difficult. Um, one of the toughest decisions I made, um, but I had a wonderful time under Brother Martin's ministry, have a lot of respect for him as well. Uh, he mentored us. He was there for us through the years, uh, and then we were, had a child. Uh, Sky was born to us five years into our marriage. Uh, that was an incredible time in my life, having a child, and I was still a child myself, you know, um, we started having problems in our marriage. Um, I'm not going to get into the weeds, and I don't point fingers. She and I still have a good relationship today. But we just, we didn't have, and I spoke a lot of this, about a lot of this a while ago. And I'm going to talk about me specifically. We didn't have that foundation like we should have had. Okay, we were just going through the motions. I'm going to be honest with you. We were going through the motions, going to church, being used in the ministry, doing all that stuff you know, on the platform, all that kind of stuff. But we weren't in the Word of God every day. We weren't fasting. We weren't praying together as a couple and as a family every day. And that's where it starts. When you're missing in those areas, okay, problems start to happen. Okay, decisions that you make, you don't make the right decisions because you're not thinking with the Holy Spirit as your guide, okay? 
You're letting your cornality, your flesh, make decisions for you, and it leads to destruction. I just talked about that. Okay, so unfortunately for me in my marriage, I wasn't the priest of my home, the leader of my home that the Scripture tells me to be. Okay, I wasn't doing that, y'all. And it led to some very bad decisions. You can go to the next slide. But as I said, we were having problems. My military career was going on. Um, I was away a lot, um, especially when Skye was young. After she was a month old, I had to leave for a year. That was extremely difficult. All right, And that puts some unnecessary stress on your marriage and relationship, those kinds of things. Um, and then we had Jacelyn. Well, look at that smile, huh? Little Jacelyn came into the picture, and she was a miracle baby. Um, she actually, we went to one of our doctor's appointments when Charlotte was pregnant, and she was supposed to be showing 12 weeks along in her pregnancy. The doctor told us she was only four and a half weeks and that she miscarried. This was on a Friday, so needless to say, we were devastated. Charlotte was a wreck. We, we, we didn't know what to do. All we knew to do was to pray. And I fell on my knees before God, prayed as hard as I could. God, I don't know what's going on. You know, but God, please don't let this happen. I know I'm probably deserving of it. I know you probably want to teach me a lesson, you know, because I'm not what I should be. But God, please see us through this. Please. One of those moments when you say, God, please do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Right? We've all been there. That's what happened. And I mean, I was sincere. I was earnest. And following Monday, we went back to the doctor. You know, doctor said, you know, I can't explain it, but that baby's 12 weeks. So Jason was a miracle baby. God moved in our life in that moment. And that let me know God was still there. I felt I was distancing myself from God, and I was. But that God still loved me, and God was still there, and God could still see me through it if I found my way back to his path. You can go to the next slide, and I'm hurried. I don't have much time at all. Uh, my military career continued going a lot. Uh, more stress on my marriage, more stress on my relationship. You can go to the next slide. Then things started happening. Things started happening in my life, one of them being Sky, my child, my oldest daughter, getting baptized. That was a huge milestone in my life. Uh, Charlotte and I were separated. Uh, things, like I said, I, when we were making bad decisions, we chose to separate. Um, we went through our divorce. And then about four years later, three and a half years later, uh, I was in a very dark time in my life. A very, very dark time in my life. Almost alone, living in the house that we built together. Um, didn't know what to do. I just about gave up. I hit rock bottom. I felt very, very lonely. And if it hadn't been for some of my close friends, my pastors in my life, and then God sending me this young lady, Sister Christy, right here, I don't know where I would be today. Because they brought me back to life. They really did. Uh, huge, huge momentum changer in my life. Christy found me online. I was just about, boy, I tried dating. I said, forget this. I ain't dating no more. Boy, I was getting burned out with that. I'd been away from it for so long, I was like, forget this. And uh, we met on Apostolic Singles Network. She found me, she connected with me, and then one thing led to another. Man, we hit it off. It, things were wonderful. This guy ended up getting the Holy Ghost. Go, 
Next slide. Um, again, military life. Our, our relationship started growing and developing. Um, things were looking really, really good. Next slide. And then we get married. And, of course, there's Pastor and Sister Murphy. Um, not long after, Jason gets baptized and gets the Holy Ghost. Next slide. <laughs> then we bring little man in the world. Gunner comes in. And Christy and our relationship continues to blossom, continues to grow. Next slide. That slide to the left, it may not mean anything to anyone very much, but that was I, I put that in there because this was a time in my life where I feel like, remember I told you I felt like giving up. I, I reached a very dark point in my life. Then Christy came into the photo and things started happening with my kids and their relationship with God. And that picture illustrates how happy I was. I was so happy at that time in my life. Anybody that I got around and came in contact with saw the joy of God working in my life. Kids, adults, everybody that came in contact with me didn't even know me. They spent just a few minutes talking to me, and they wanted photos with me. They Everywhere that I went, everywhere. And it just, just speaks volumes of how much I had come from and how much God had brought me through and how much he had been there all along but I chose to get off track. That was me, all right? I followed after my flesh, made a lot of bad decisions, thought I had lost it all, thought I had lost out on my relationship with God, but little did I know he had a bigger plan for me if I could just get back on track. Um, so my family's grown. Things are looking great. God is working in my life. Um, and I just want to tell you all today, if you're in a place where, and I'm going to bring this to a close, my time is up already, um, if you're in a place, because we all have a story to tell, all right, and Jason has taught about that, and it's so true, it's so timely. I told you a little bit of my story. There's a lot that I left out, but these are kind of the progressions. These are my props. These were the shoes, and these weren't the exact shoes, but I used these shoes as, as to represent my early years as a teenager and the path that I chose to walk and the decisions that I made at that time. This is my early in my latter military career. Those are my shoes and my cap and my dress uniform that I would wear in my dress blues as an Army recruiter. This was the toughest and the hardest time in my life. This was when I had the most struggle and the most heartache when I reached my, the bottom, when I hit rock bottom. Made a lot of bad decisions. Had a hard time forgiving myself for some of those. And uh, thankful God found me he picked me up and you know i'm here today because i could be out living for the world um and these represent my current life and the life that i have in my, my family my current career in construction and in global security with mcdermott industries god has blessed me that's all i can say i'm not deserving i made some horrible decisions y'all horrible all right i'd be ashamed for you to know what some of those were i'm just going to be honest with you but I chose to get back on the path. I was tired of living the way I was living, and I had to make a decision. I'm either going to be lost or I'm going to get through this thing. So if you're in a place where you're having difficulty in your marriage, relationship with your kids, your walk with God, whatever the case may be, you're not alone. I've been there. Okay? You can get through it. No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it may seem, 
use the right shoes. Choose the shoes that keep you in tune with God and the Spirit of God and what God has for your life. All right? And you'll be okay. I love y'all more than you know, and thank you for allowing me this time.